This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, Ev, I got to change my one of my picks. Oh. I got to change one of my picks for 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 the ESPN babysitter draft. I got to change one of my picks, and I don't know who I'm taking out, but I know who's in. Damn it, Christine Lisi oh, with Lisi treats. Good one. All of those sweets. I mean, it might not be great when you get back home because your kids are going to be bouncing off the walls with all of that sugar, but they'll be happy. They'll be happy. Christine Lisi absolutely has to be on my list. I don't know if I want her to babysit after a Bill's loss, but other than that, Christine Lisi babysit my kids. So no only on Saturdays will she be able to babysit because you never know on yeah. a Sunday what will happen. I never know, especially with Josh Allen. You just never know. Never so, know. yeah, exactly. Friday, sa- Fridays with Christine Lisi. Love maybe that. not. Saturdays, Sunday nights. No, no, no. no. For those just jumping in, every <laughs> single Wednesday we do ESPN Power Rankings. We pick a topic. We rank our top three ESPN personalities for that topic. Doc Rivers getting the uh, – it seems like getting the Bucks job famously allowed his son Austin to have a babysitter, two babysitters, one Dennis Rodman, one Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was younger in life. So we did our top three ESPN personalities that you would want babysitting. This is on Sportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. You just heard there some of the Niners discussion there as obviously they're going up against the Lions this weekend NFC Championship game. And I'm not going to say to the level of Josh Allen level of debate that people have had, but we have started to have the debate about Brock Purdy. Was the hype too much, et cetera, et cetera. George Kittle, tight end, uh, tight end, excuse me, for the Niners, went on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and had this to say about his quarterback. I don't know. Are people tired of a good underdog story? Like, do people not want to see a, a normal person it? succeed? Like, I'm sorry that he's not like six foot four, 240 pounds, can throw it 80 yards, and you know has all these rushing highlights. Like, he plays our system perfectly. You see him; he takes the perfect footwork. He has great arm. He has great eyesight. He doesn't just throw checkdowns the entire way up and down the field. He tries to force the ball downfield to try to get the ball into the hands of Debo Ayuk and me. Hey, and if that's not open, Chris McCaffrey's underneath for a 10 yard gain. Like, he does all the things that you ask you want of a quarterback and people just don't want to see that for some reason right now and hey it is what it is and I think uh, I know Brock and I think Brock's just going to keep playing the quarterback position at a super high level and I don't think he listens to the noise so people will just keep talking and it is what it is so there's Kittle um before we get into the Brock Purdy part, 6'4", 280, or 240 can run over guys that are... Is he taking a specific shot at Josh Allen? That's what I thought as soon as I heard that. Not, let, like me say, let me say, let me rephrase that. Not at Josh Allen, at the praising of Josh Allen, right? Bless you. Because that is, that to me... He fits the profile of that description. Well, somebody asked me yesterday, ah. right, somebody asked me yesterday, like... Did Josh Allen do something specifically to bring this upon himself the way that you guys are critical of him? And I said, no, he's actually done nothing. This is not about Josh Allen specifically as the person or even the player for that matter. It's about the praise he gets as if he is the greatest quarterback that we have ever seen. And so I think that what Kittle's referring to is probably that. Like, sorry he doesn't play that way for everybody to love him. I love Brock Purdy. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I love the way he plays. He knows what he is. He knows what he is, and he gives the guys the balls around him to go and work. I love him. Is he Tom Brady? Of course not. No? Please, small take. <laughs> Why, because he, he brought up Tom Brady? Yeah, of course. No, because I said a word, and I put an S at the end that I didn't mean to put the S at the end. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that part again. Because Canty just became a... <laughs> I'm a child. We need a, baby, right. we need a babysitter need a babysitter for Canty. Well, that's what Nuno's here for, to babysit all of us. <laughs> I know what I did that you said. It, it threw, it threw, I screwed up, it yes. Threw, it threw me off a little bit. But here's the thing. You love Jimmy Garoppolo, too, didn't you? You love not Jimmy, as much but as you, Purdy. No, no, but you love Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. too. You yeah. love Jimmy. The shine has come off of Jimmy G with the Raiders. I get that. Yeah, but you love Jimmy Garoppolo. I love anybody that doesn't turn the ball over. You, 
You love Jimmy Garoppolo with the Patriots. You love Jimmy Garoppolo when he got with the San Francisco 49ers. You love Jimmy. And there was a lot to like about Jimmy. There really was. He took the team to the Super Bowl in 2019. A lot to like about Jimmy. You know who didn't love Jimmy Garoppolo? Kyle Shanahan. So much so that he invested three first-round draft picks to try to get somebody to succeed him. Now, he missed with Trey Lance, but it didn't stop him from trying. I say all that to say this. It's great that Brock Purdy has this team back in the conference championship game. It's awesome. But until they win a Super Bowl, I'm not going to believe that he he can evolve beyond the X's and O's that Kyle dials up. And that's the biggest point of difference from what we talk about with quarterbacks like Brock Purdy versus guys like Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. Can you play outside of the structure of the offense and have success? Because when you play the best defenses in the NFL, they're going to take away what you want to do. They're going to take away your first read. They're going to take away your second read. What do you do then? When you're forced to play off schedule, how do you react? When you're forced to play from behind, how do you react? Now, he put together a great drive at the end of the Green Bay Packers game. But we both sat here on Monday, Smalls, and said the Green Bay Packers let the 49ers off the hook. Big time. They didn't continue to apply pressure. They went forward on fourth down in their own territory in the first half where they didn't have to. They could have took the three. It would have made it a 9-7 game at halftime rather than a 6-7 game. And then you had Andrews call some miss a field goal in the fourth quarter of that game that would have put them up by seven. It's a completely different game. The complexion is totally different if that ends up being the case. So, again, it was a situation where the Green Bay Packers left the door open and the San Francisco 49ers, and Brock Purdy included in that, took advantage of it. But can you elevate your team above the X's and O's? That's the part that I want to see. When the game is on you, when you got to play from behind, can you will your team to win? That's what I want to see from Brock Purdy. When it's all not stacked in your favor, when you don't have home field advantage, when you don't have your full complement of weapons, can you win under those circumstances? That's what I want to see from Brock Purdy at a championship level before I'm going to buy into him being that level of quarterback that George Kittle and others try to assign to him. But what if he wins the Super Bowl and he doesn't have to go above and beyond the X's and O's because right now he's just doing what's required. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how he does that, but he did it Sunday. No, no, no but hold on. I don't know how he does Saturday. That. Sorry. I because don't know how he does that. He He's very good. He at, did it on Saturday. He did against the youngest playoff roster in almost but, 50, hold on, in almost 50 years in a quarterback who was starting his second playoff game. But he's, he's still, after a whole game of not making throws, which was uncharacteristic of him, summoned it and rallied the team and put them in the position to win when he needed to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, guys, I'm not saying that he didn't play well at the end of the game. Sure. But he didn't play well for the first three and a half quarters. No, definitely. How many teams are you going to go up against from here on out that are going to let you get away with that? And again, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo take – Similar team in the San Francisco 49ers, similar core of players to the championship rounds. They got to conference championships. They got to a Super Bowl, and it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know Kyle Shanahan is a genius when it comes to X's and O's. I don't know how great he is at evaluating quarterback talent. We'll end up seeing what happens. But, again, I don't know how Brock Purdy can win a Super Bowl without being able to play outside of the structure of the offense and elevate the talent around him, especially knowing the quarterbacks that he's going to have to go through. And I'm not even talking about Jared Goff this weekend. I'm looking at the other side of the bracket. You got Lamar Jackson, you got Pat Mahomes, two guys that have multiple MVPs. Good luck with that.
If you can't play outside of the structure, if you can't play off schedule, if you can't play above the X's and O's, if you can't play from behind, you're not going to beat those quarterbacks. Because of where he was drafted and because of the talent around him, this is an unbelievably rare circumstance of a quarterback in the NFL that probably will never get the proper credit until he wins his second Super Bowl. No, no, no. I'm not going to let second you do that. Super I'm not, not going to let you do that. If he wins if, the first one, people are not going to give him credit no, for he'll, it. He'll no, he'll get credit. He'll get credit. He'll get credit. I don't buy no, it. No, he'll get credit. No, he will. He will because he would have done what Jimmy Garoppolo could not. But I guess that until that happens, we're not going to give him credit for it. We're going to dismiss it because we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo came a missed throw in a fourth quarter away from winning the Super Bowl. Until Brock Purdy actually does that, we won't give him credit for it. What we will do is assign greatness to Kyle Shanahan and his system and the players around him. But I I look at it circumstantially similar to Brady. Brady didn't get all the credit until he won a second one because of where he was drafted. Because, oh, well, come on, that was Belichick. They got lucky, the Rams, and then the Spygate stuff happened, obviously. That I think that Brady had to do more to get the proper credit. I'm not in any way, shape, or form comparing Brock Purdy, Lamar Jackson, or Patrick Mahomes. He is not on their level. Nobody would suggest that he is. I personally love any quarterback that doesn't make the mistakes and continues to not make the mistakes into the postseason. Dak Prescott, I love this year. Then Dak Prescott made mistakes in the postseason, and it bothered me. C.J. Stroud is not a mistake guy. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. I love those kinds of quarterbacks. I don't care about a quarterback that can throw, like what Kittle said. I don't care if you can throw the ball 80 yards. I don't care if you can run over guys, et cetera, et cetera. Can you just not make the mistakes? I want a game manager more than a game changer, to use Cam Newton's terminology. But but here's the thing about mistakes. Like, I, I get that you want to protect the football. I get that you want to be efficient. But it's not necessarily about being perfect. And I guess my whole point is your quarterback, even with the mistakes that are going to be made by him and by others, can you make plays to overcome those mistakes? And I believe he can. I well, really well, do believe well, he can. Well, that's the thing I'm waiting to see. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. Like, that's what I want. Like, he got away with some mistakes in that game against the Green Bay Packers. Darnell Savage should have had a pick six. So that was the second or third pass attempt that Brock Purdy had. It should have been a pick six to the house. Big time. He dropped the ball. Like, he missed the throw to Raymond McLeod with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That should have been a touchdown. Like, those are the things that he got away with against the Green Bay Packers that you're not going to get away with from here on out. So can you not only play mistake-free football, I don't necessarily think it's about that, but can you elevate beyond the mistakes? Can you get team, Can you get your team past it? Can you mask whatever deficiencies that you have? That's what I want to see from Brock Purdy. And I haven't quite seen it yet, and that's what I'm waiting on before I'm going to assign a certain level of greatness to him. I've seen all I need to see with him. I, that's, that's how impressed I am with this guy. I really, truly, and I think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I've been saying that for months. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, and I think that he's he's going to need a second Super Bowl to get into that next level of credit. I, I just believe that. I don't think it's going to take two, though. I mean, he wins the Super Bowl. He wins the Super He's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. But I think we'll say uh, he had McCaffrey. He had Kittle. He had Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like, I think a lot of people still because of what Evan said, where he was drafted, the talent around him, say that he was a passenger, not the driver. Well, who wins Super Bowls without talent, though? That's the other part. Like, how do you that – doesn't, that doesn't happen. Like, you got to have talent around you. I agree, but I, I just wonder if he's going to be looked at like a Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer, which I'm not taking shots at those guys, versus, like, year one of Brady. Not that he's going to become Brady, but year one of Brady. All right, Dominic Foxworth is going to join us. We will talk to him about all the quarterback uh, – con- not controversy, conversation, excuse me, that we've had here – this morning, but first, CC has this. Check Vivid off Seats. that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats. Your home for every tackle, every slap shot, every dunk. 
I mean, if you're a Lions fan, you're home to get tickets for the NFC Championship game. Just saying. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase from tip-off to the final buzzer. Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Dominic Foxworth is here. Foxworth Show, CC on the latest episode. Oh, hello. I love it. Hello. Just... I noticed you're not wearing a jacket today. Yeah, I just took it off. Okay. I'm just. Can we? How did you steal Michelle's jacket? How did that even happen? <laughs> I, I, I mean. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it, it, and I wanted it. He got, he got a little. You know what? Finally, we got the truth. I mean, I've been pretending like it was a mistake, but I stole it right because I wanted to wear it. And then I found out we had cameras, so I was like, oh, I mean, it was a mistake. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll send it back to you. So that's what happened. And then he shipped it back. All right. On a serious note, we have spent a lot of time over the last few days dissecting why, and we can't understand it for the life of us, why Josh Allen is propped up to basically be the greatest quarterback of all time. And we're not saying he's bad, but why is he propped up that way without the top line of the resume that needs to include for a quarterback one of two things, Super Bowl or MVP? So I think Josh Allen um, was unique from the beginning because he was a toolsy guy that was not all that successful in college. And a lot of us were confused at how he got drafted really high and thought it was a bad choice. And I was one of those people. And I think the people who felt like strongly on the other side developed an affection for him, which is reasonable. It's like it's normal human nature. And then I was like a couple years into his career, probably third year. I was wrong. Yeah, he's great. And I come over to that side and it feels like once you get over there, you have to give an honest you try to give an honest assessment. And again, we all have some biases. And I think some of the people within media and fans, especially the Bills, don't want you to and they're like this this is what happened so I I don't know the Josh Allen situation I think also I know on this show I I texted Chris that you guys had a conversation that was very much about race and I think that plays a part of it too because it's not that um it's because he's white because there's plenty of white quarterbacks but I do think that it's his style of play Mm -hmm. and so for a lot of us there were a lot of black quarterbacks who played similarly that were not allowed to play quarterback or we were told can't be quarterbacks and got a much shorter um opportunity to make it work and then this guy comes along and does it and we're like hey (laughs) (laughs) what what? like this this what we doing now (laughs) and and then when and he loses in games in which he plays well he comes out and we and we still celebrate him and then it reminds me honestly a lot of Cam Newton where 
it felt like a lot of people were just waiting. And it's not just Cam Newton. It's a lot of quarterbacks. Cam Newton comes to mind because they have similar um, styles, builds yeah. And, yeah. and styles where a lot of people were just waiting for Cam to mess up so that they could say things about him and say he's not a leader or you can never win <laughs> with this type of aggressive, uh, gung-ho type of play. And Josh Allen is... And his style of play is very much a caricature of the black quarterback because no one's arguing that Josh Allen is uh, making rational decisions consistently. And that was always the thing around black quarterbacks. They're not going to be smart. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to rely on athleticism too much. And then you watch Josh Allen and he does it. And a, a huge part of me is like, see, told you. And then another part of me is like, but <laughs> a little late, right? <laughs> yeah, we come, come around, and I think that that infuses part of my opinion and a lot of people who also watch it. And it's it sucks for Josh that he has to be in the middle of all this, but it comes with the territory sometimes. Yeah. So from Josh Allen to another polarizing quarterback in his own right, Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. and Nick, I, I got to ask you this question. Is Brock Purdy the franchise quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, or is he just the next iteration of Jimmy Garoppolo and how much of the remainder of the postseason is going to inform yeah. the perception around Brock? I think he is. and I, You think he's the franchise guy? Yeah, I okay. think so. I think it's very hard to find a quarterback that uh, – and you could argue the Shanahan system that you can find quarterbacks a dime a dozen. However – I am risk averse when it comes to quarterbacks in this league. And <laughs> this man put up numbers, whether it's a result of the system. And I think one thing that I, I've come to accept and believe is that teams and organizations make more quarterbacks, or excuse me, break more quarterbacks than the quarterbacks are great. I think lots of passers come in this league and are good, but they don't have the time to develop into great passers. I think part of what we have to appreciate for Brock Purdy is he's very young and he's going to continue to get better. I think of players like Russell Wilson, like Dak Prescott, like Ben Roethlisberger. They came into good situations and were not asked to do a whole lot early in their career. And that gave them time to develop into something more. I think it's tough because they've had so much success that it forces us to pit Brock Purdy against Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And then that's when it gets stupid. Like, no, he ain't them. But if you pit him against his peers and you project that he continues to evolve, then you're like, man, we got somebody here that at some point we might get to the point where he is responsible for a lot more of the results than he's getting credit for or and then he's responsible for right now. And I think that's part of it for me with Brock Purdy is you have to factor in the fact that he's going to get better. And I think the perception of him coming in matters. It's hard to get over the idea that he was Mr. Irrelevant. And we're not going to – it's going to take a lot more to get over that because I think about when they went and got Trey Lance. If Trey Lance put up numbers anywhere close to what Brock Purdy is, mm-hmm. we'd be acting crazy. Mm-hmm. Like Shanahan finally got the one. Mm-hmm. And if, the, if it looked the exact same, we'd be out here like Shanahan finally got him the one. And – it's because we're like, when we watch Brock Purdy, nothing that he does is like extraordinary. Nothing is special. And he's, and he's Mr. Irrelevant. And the only thing that's special is the numbers and the wins that, that they're putting up. But I think that's what it boils down to for him. A guy who's been anything but irrelevant is Bill Belichick. Ugh. We know that the Atlanta Falcons have interest in him. But we talked to Adam Schefter yesterday, and Adam expressed something that we had thought. We're kind of surprised that more organizations aren't pursuing Bill Belichick now that he's a free agent. Do you think organizations will regret that? Um, no. I think that it depends on who's a decision maker in your organization. And I think part of the issue is 
if there is an owner who's heavily involved, it's a different proposition than if there's a president of football operations or if there's a GM or if there's somebody else making decisions. Because I believe that when Bill Belichick shows up, everybody got to go. <laughs> and I think that a lot of teams who have other people who have power, and it's not just um, pure speculation, it's something that I've heard, is when there's someone who has power in that organization and is actually pulling the strings and is the right hand of the owner, they are concerned about bringing Bill Belichick in. Because when Bill Belichick shows up, the your, your – um, your front office staff, they might have to go. They all might have to go. You might have to go. The <laughs> general manager, you might have to go. The You're coaches, firing yeah. yourself. In yeah. It, yeah. And, and I think – and I don't know if they know that they're firing themselves, but they don't know that they're not. Mm. And they know if they bring in somebody else, they bring Brian Johnson in or somebody like that, then they're going to be like, oh, all right. Yeah, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> or even if they bring in, like, uh, Bob Slowick, like a young up-and-coming guy who does not have – the, the long Rolodex of coaches and front office people that they've worked with and does not have the sophistication to understand. Some people that are going to be a little bit happy to be there. Bill Belichick shows up, and you're happy he's there. And, the, and he goes to the owner and says, you know what, I don't like this. And then you, if it's something that you like and you want to keep, say it's your job, you're going to say, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to say, no, 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 I like this. And Bill's going to drop six rings on the table and say, you want to win championships, I know how to do it. And then your ass is out. <laughs> Let, let's finish with this. Dominic Foxworth. He's got the Dominic Foxworth show, of course, on YouTube with ESPN Monday, Wednesday, Friday. CC on the latest edition of it. It'll be on Get Up and First Take as well. I want you to weigh in on the, on the top story of the day, which is the Bucks firing of Adrian Griffin. Yeah. You've been, you run a players association. Yeah, You're yeah. involved in big picture thinking your whole life. You give the Bucks credit for realizing a mistake quickly and, and acting on it, or they just made a mistake and it looks really bad? Um, yeah, you get credit for acting on it. I, I, I think decisions like this, there's more to it than we know. There's something happening in there that they thought was irreconcilable. I think it's um, it has to be more than just the record and more than just the straight X's and O's because I think that you believe with a new coach, you're going to have some time to – to grow into it, to develop in a new in uh, a new point guard, like there are going to be some things that changes, and you give people some uh, some leash to figure that out. The fact that they pull in the trigger this early in the season means that it's irreconcilable, and I'm sure that Adrian Griffin has a story on his side. I, I'm not in a position to say who's at fault, but when you are the coach and you're not completely in charge, and somebody got to go, it, and I, I mean I don't hate it as a decision. I, I hate it for him. But I think if you recognize your mist- your mistake, pulling the trigger on it as soon as possible and addressing it, because they don't got all day or they don't got many more years with um, with uh, Damian Lillard yeah. in top form. So got to pull the trigger when you got to do it. Doc Rivers, come save us. And I don't know that that can Ooh, happen. That's I think, not a yeah. comfortable spot to be in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would Fox assume that they know who they're going to yeah. next. Like, yeah, yeah, you, that's, you, it's, that's yeah. what Woj is reporting, so yeah. I'm going go yeah, to okay. go with that one. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and that's Woj what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kmart's going to join us next. Get Foxworth on uh, Get Up coming up at 8 a.m. Eastern. We are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Kimberly A. Martin is here, ESPN NFL reporter. She will be on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern. Morning. Morning, morning, morning. Why is Bill Belichick not employed? Uh, that is a great question. Um, he didn't even let you settle into the segment. I'm <laughs> like, just a, hey, Kimberly. Now, Belichick. <laughs> um, I, I, okay, two things. I am both shocked and also not surprised. Mm. Because here's the thing. You would think six Super Bowls just gets you to skip the line. Like, skip to the front of the line, get you a head coaching job. Um, I do think it would be a mistake if Bill Belichick is not uh, coaching a team this year. I will say, on the flip side, though, the NFL is a copycat league. So if you see teams going younger, if you see teams going for the offensive guy, the guy that you've seen can take backups like a Gardner Minshew and like, you know, the, the Colts still have success, you're thinking, okay, you're seeing um, uh, a Browning, Jake Browning in Cincinnati. You're like, oh, okay, their season wasn't over. You're going to look at other teams and think, okay, what do we have to do? Also with Belichick, He's like 71, 72 years old, whatever. You're thinking maybe two to three years. Is that how we want to reset the culture? I think a team that's looking to rebuild from like the studs up might say, mm, maybe we're not going to do that. The Falcons, to me, are a team. I don't think they're that far off, especially in that division. But the Falcons, as much as they've interviewed him twice, they've interviewed Raheem Morris now twice, and they're waiting on both of the Lions coordinators to, to have a free moment during their playoff run. To, to come in and, and so I find this very interesting. I'm, I am shocked though that that teams that clearly there aren't 32 better it's coaches in the be NFL. Crazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to jump all over this, but you said it's a copycat league, which you're right. Do teams so teams don't want to copycat winning Super Bowls. That's number one. Number two, the two or three years thing. <laughs> Right. No, the two or three years thing. When when it's oh, he may only have him for two or three years. I promise you, somebody hired in this cycle will get fired after two or three years. Uh, yeah. I prom. I don't know who it is. Yeah. I don't want to project that. No. Well, I mean, we've happen. seen we've seen since Sorry. since like what is it twenty twenty? Like every team has shifted offensive coordinators. They've changed their off. Like we are going to see head coaches, and that's enough time in two years to realize you know what he ain't it. We made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Again, Belichick it. All of that, like when you look at the Patriots, offensively they didn't have a quarterback. I get it, or couldn't figure out Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. But defensively, they gave teams fits and they played well. Belichick didn't forget how to coach. Um, but but I think age. If he were five years younger, I wonder if if we, he's even waiting around, or maybe he's just said, you know what, I only want to go to Atlanta. I'm good with just chilling for a bit. If it's not Atlanta, it's Atlanta bust. I think that that'd be strange, but who knows. 
Kmart, the Eagles season has been over for a week and a half, and we're just getting to the point now where they're going to have a press conference to announce that Nick Sirianni is going to be the head coach moving forward, mm-hmm. all the while firing all their coordinators. Matt Patricia, Sean mm-hmm. Desai gone, mm-hmm. Brian Johnson gone. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know from your perspective, what can we expect today from that press conference? What do we need to hear? And then ultimately, when it comes to the coordinator's search, who's leading the charge? Is it Howie Roseman or is it Nick Sirianni? Well, that's a great question um, because I want to know who was in charge of putting Matt Patricia, <laughs> like giving him that role because oh. I don't trust that person to to be leading anything. I think what we're going to hear from Nick Sirianni today might be similar to what we heard from Mike McCarthy, which is, hey, disappointing season, but stick with us. I'm confident. I, I know believe. what it takes. To, I know what it we takes. We got a championship the difference, culture. <laughs> the difference with Nick Sirianni is at least you could say I was in the Super Bowl Last year. Right. Like, I think this is a tough time for fans in both of those cities to feel confident running it back with what you just had because the decision – and Nick Sirianni, people want to get on Brian Johnson, which is fine. The offense did not look great. This is Nick Sirianni's offense. Nick Sirianni has said in the past, not that long ago, hey, it doesn't matter who is calling this offense. It could be Howie Roseman. It could be Kevin Petula. It could be Brian. Jo- it does not matter. It. I. I know what I. I want in an offense, and I'm confident in it. Okay, then what did we just see? Right. What did we just see? And if you think about right before Week One, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, the Eagles will be fine." Yes, they're losing both coordinators, but this is Nick Sirianni's offense, like plug and play. Like we. It was not plug and play. Nah. At all. And nah. I don't know if you're an Eagles fan. And you're seeing Nick Sirianni up there. I don't think he's lost the locker room or anything like that. But what happened? Something is up in that building. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just doubt. Da- the difference in Dallas was they had a good season and then just completely were embarrassed when the playoffs came around. It was like one terrible game, right? Yep. Eagles, we were watching months of just it like. It was on a loop. Yeah. It was on and it's like, when are they going to fix this? <laughs> what is going on with this franchise? So something in that building is is something's not right. And I don't know if the issue is Howie Roseman, if it's the head coach, if it's like, I really don't know what happened. I really don't. Wow. So the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, they fail to break through yet again. They fall Mm -hmm. victim to the Kansas city chiefs yet again. Mm -hmm. Spinning it forward though. Do you think the window for the bills is still open because they have Josh Allen or looking at the contract situation, the free agents that are impending? Do you think the window is closing? Okay, so I'm looking at my phone because uh, our one and only Hembo just is fantastic with the stats. So we know Josh Allen's cap hit jumping from 18.6 to 47.1 next season. Yeesh. Stefan Diggs, who we know is on the wrong side of 30. I still think he's a number one. He has a he carries a dead cap charge of 31 million, right? And he really did not produce the way he needed to this season. And then Von Miller, they signed him to be that, hey, we're going the Super Bowl run, let's go. Okay, he carries a dead cap charge of $33 million, oh. And he did not, I mean, that's almost $100 million in dead cap money. In, in just the, 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 the cap charges that you're looking at for these guys. That said, as long as they have Josh Allen, the window's open. But before the season started, before they played the Jets on a Monday night, I said on Get Up, if the Bills lose this game, we will have a lot. I will have a lot more questions about the Bills than I do the Jets. And everybody was like, "Oh my God, what are you talking about?" Uh. <laughs> because I've been around. Like I lived in Buffalo for a bit as a columnist. I've I started the season literally before that Monday night game, talking to Josh Allen about the last four years, losing to Houston, losing to the Chiefs, and then losing to Cincinnati at home. And each year, the disappointment and how that has fueled them, all that stuff. 
Josh Allen, as long as he's there, the window's open. But this iteration of the Bills, when you look at Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, these guys are getting older. Trey White, what's going to happen? This team will look different. So I don't know what is missing there. They need another wide receiver. Like, they need somebody to give Stefan some help. But the Bills are an interesting case because you don't know. They got all the pieces, and yet still there's just something that just can't get them over the hump. Well, and talking about Kimberly A. Martin here on Maybe ESPN they need Radio. Belichick. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just want to rile you up. I just said that. I just said that. I just said that. Honestly, yes, I, I just said that. I just said that. see his face change when he said that? No, in all seriousness, I've said all year. There's some quarter. Patrick Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson should have peers. They're good enough to have a peer as a head coach. I've said all year, Josh Allen needs a boss. Someone who's clearly in charge. And that's where I would go with Belichick. But let's go back to the other two quarterbacks I just mm-hmm. mentioned. Right now, who's more underrated, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? I mean, well, I would argue the premise of the question because I don't think Patrick Mahomes is underrated by any I do. means. Okay. This is just going to be the Evan just throwing just, throwing stuff at me all day show. I don't think he's underrated. I think literally people are looking at this kid like he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. He he was just drafted in 2018. Right. Like so the idea that we're already saying, "Hey, Tom Brady's got seven Super Bowls, but this guy, I don't think that's over I don't think that's underrated by any means." So for me, Lamar is more underrated because he's the same way people are now saying, well, Josh Allen, he's asked to do so much. This is not fair. Lamar Jackson has been asked <laughs> year after year to do more with less. And nobody gives Lamar Jackson the benefit of the doubt. It's like, oh, well, uh, he's Oh, winning. haters were waiting for you him know, to lose they, to the Texans listen, on Saturday. They listen, were waiting. Listen, listen, They were waiting. And, and the context of, of when they bring up his playoff record, they, the context of this season, what he's done, and how when you talk about coaching, like Pat Mahomes has Andy Reid. Like, even you want to say it was all Brady for the Patriot way and not Belichick, fine, but he had Belichick. Like, when you are paired with excellent OCs, excellent head coaches, like, you, you have a better, like, your chances of having a better career, a little bit better, you know? Yeah. So I, I think Lamar, this is huge because as much as he's the MVP this year, he should be, if he loses this game, it's like, oh, yep, he sucks. You can't, you can't, like, oh, let, you can't get it done. I don't trust this guy. He stinks. Like, the team, Ravens overrated, which to me is just wild. So it literally is Lamar has to win it all for everybody to finally say, oh, yeah, he's So he's not just decent. get to the Super Bowl. No, I think not just beat to Mahomes, change, he's got to win the Super Bowl. In my mind, based on Lamar Jackson, no other quarter, top quarterback in the NFL from day one has been set, has been told, you should not be playing this position. You should be a running back. Yeah, Bill Polian did that. I, like, I can't believe, I can't believe like, yeah. It is so unfair. Yeah. What you just said is wow. so amazing and so ridiculously unfair because he is so much more mm-hmm. accomplished than Josh Allen. Yeah. It's yes. not close. We Individually We got to keep this going. Yeah. We got to go to break, but we got to keep that conversation going. I'm over it next yeah. on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes, it is time for a round of I'm Over It here on Unsportsmanlike. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Our producer, Pat Costello, gives us items around... His life, sports, news, entertainment, that he is just over. Welcome back, Pat. Glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Uh, I heard that it went uh, so-so in my absence. I've heard some some positives and some negatives came from the, the uh, Evan Cohen iteration of I'm Over It. Well, it goes so-so when you're here. So well, that's true. <laughs> wow. Is it true that you complain that there aren't enough 50-calorie snacks? Correct. That's insane. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of good response on that. I, from who? Vegans? Yes, vegans. I just surveyed vegans across the country is what I did, Pat. <laughs> Speaking of which, people who don't uh, or people who don't like oh, to drink great milk. Great start. Great start. People don't like to drink milk, yeah. And say that milk is gross are ridiculous. Milk is fantastic. It's delicious. It's awesome with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But then they'll turn around and be like, oh, but I love oat milk or almond milk or like I don't know, bee milk or something like that. Like milk is great and stop criticizing milk. Are you five? You have milk and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? What's wrong with milk and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Because you're an adult. Is it that there's more than 50 calories? Yeah, that, well, that's true. Milk on its own, I couldn't drink oh, anymore. Oh, disgusting. Yeah. One what? Of the, one of the things growing up that would really skeeve me out is when I would go to my friends' homes for dinner, mm-hmm. and they would have steak for dinner or spaghetti and meatballs for dinner, and they would pair it with an ice-cold glass of milk. Oh. I thought that was oh. foul. Oh, Absolutely foul. If you want to drink milk with your cereal, whatever. But to drink a glass of milk at dinner time with savory foods Gross. is disgusting. Yeah, are, you, just- are you like an almond milk person? Oh, she definitely is. You definitely like coconut yeah, milk? Of course I like coconut yeah, milk. Yeah, I'm an almond milk person. I try to keep the romance in my fa- in my life with my wife. If if we go with regular milk, that's not going to work out. There you go. That's not going to work <laughs> out. <laughs> it's got to be an almond milk situation. <laughs> it's got to be an almond milk situation. It's You're protecting gonna, yourself. Gonna be, it's going to be all bad. You know, all bad. when you first said that. I thought it was like, hey, I want to do things that my wife likes, et cetera. That's not what you're saying. No, hell, hell no. Yeah, hell got it. no. Got right? it. If, there's, if there's a dairy product involved. You're Jeff da- Daniels da- and Dumb and Dumber all of a sudden. Damn well better be some lactate involved, too, or it's going to get real bad in the house. Protecting the inside. Yeah, I'm, like I said, we try to keep the romance I love that. in our marriage, and that's one of the sacrifices I'm willing to make. I had to give up on milk. I'm just saying. Next one, Pat. It's nonsense. We also know that Evan loves chocolate milk. Um, Oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> That's true, he does. Yeah, yeah. I ordered it at a fancy restaurant. Orders it wherever, milk. every restaurant. Um, are we sure that Todd Helton, Joe Maurer, and Adrian Beltre are Hall of Famers? Oh, boy. I mean, Beltre is the only one that I firmly believe like should be in there. Yeah, over the, Hel- the Helton one, I don't know. I don't know. Joe Maurer, 
eh, maybe you could sell me. Todd Helton is crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, that's okay. I, 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 it I feels like we're, It feels like this is the hall of advanced metrics now, and that's not really what the, the intention well, of this place as, is. As long as you were a good player for a long time and we didn't link you to PEDs, you could probably get into the hall. I feel like that's, that's what, second part. That's what the standard is. Well, that's why is. this is a joke. This yeah. whole thing is a joke. So let's start this conversation by acknowledging, at least from my perspective, the Hall of Fame, which is a museum, is a joke because A-Rod is not in, Bond's not in, Clemens not in, et cetera, et cetera. Schilling, you don't have to agree with somebody politically or their stance. Kurt Schilling's a freaking Hall of Famer. McGuire. I mean, McGuire, it's ridiculous. He saved baseball. The, the, the whole thing is ridiculous to me. A-Rod and Bond's the greatest you've ever seen in your life, right? So the whole thing's a joke. Gary Sheffield couldn't get in. And his last Andrew Jones on the should be like, in. I just I don't understand that. But the thing I like yeah. about Beltre getting in is I think defense has been undervalued as it relates to the Hall of Fame. Andrew Jones is the best defensive center fielder I have ever seen play baseball. No doubt. And also had great offensive uh, seasons. Adrian Beltre was a vacuum at third base and had great offensive seasons. Right. So Smalls, in the case with him, I am happy he gets in because it means defense is valued here. Yes, as it should be. Do you think, though, that the whole system just needs to be unplugged and they need to start over? I hate the balloting system. I think that they should do it the way the NFL does it, where you have to actually make a case in person. There, and there's a committee that's there's involved. There's a committee that's and involved. there are players I think that, that are that involved sh- in it. Yes. I would love to have former Absolutely. players, former managers. Yes. I, I would love for people to have to get up and make the case rather than just check a ballot and mail it off. I know a lot of writers share their ballot and share who they voted for, but... But I think if you had a discussion with some of these guys, there's no way that you could have the argument against some of these guys other than saying they're linked to PEDs. You covered baseball for a long time. I covered baseball less um, and not day to day. But I will tell you, I've never met a group of people that cover a sport that hate the sport more than the baseball reporters. <laughs> What's that? Not all. I'm not talking about Buster only or Tim Kirchner or Jeff Passan. I'm saying the day to day 162 game people. They they all they want to do is argue about the bad things. This person shouldn't be in, or that person should. Well, like, just put freaking bonds in the Hall of Fame. It's a museum. How do I don't know how doing? you tell the story of baseball without talking about Barry Bonds or Alex Rodriguez. I think Carlos. Beltran. I don't know how you do that. Oh, you can't. You actually that's cannot my, tell the story. That's my point. So why why not put them in the Hall of Fame? If you want to put the footnote, the asterisk at the bottom of their plaque, so be it. Like, but here's the thing: we're talking about Bud Selig potentially being in Cooperstown, but but we can't talk about Barry Bonds being there. No, he we, is. We can't talk about A. Rod being there. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's it's the part joke. that doesn't make sense to me. It's absolutely asinine. And that was the commissioner that oversaw Major League Baseball during the steroid era. He was complicit in it. Correct. And yet you're going to keep the players out of it, but he can be in the hall? He's in the hall. That's what I'm saying. It's, cr- that, it's but ridiculous. That's I'm, but that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, so he's going to get credit for growing the game, yeah. and part of growing the game was these players the that you're run, keeping the out. The home run chase with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Like, saved baseball. It, 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 it saved, saved baseball. baseball. So stupid. Now I'm angry. I've been over the Hall of Fame for so many years now. It's just ridiculous. Next one. People who put blue cheese or ranch on chicken wings. It's terrible. Why are you going to ruin the flavor of a perfectly good wing by masking it in a sauce where that's all you end up going to taste? You know, just order a bowl of ranch and some carrots at that I, point. I don't want you to be sick. but well, I'd Evan would be to, on board with that, Pat. He actually likes carrots with, with blue cheese or peanut butter. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. No, He'll no, just, just the carrots. That's too many calories. No, the, celery, the negative butter. calories. Yeah, celery, He's at a calorie yeah, deficit exactly. because the chewing burns calories in his water. This is ridiculous. You're going to tell me that buffalo wings are not good with blue cheese? No, ranch. They're worse. Ranch. Both. 
He said they're blue both. cheese they're, and ranch. They're, it's, they're worse with both. No, some smoked some smoked wings with oh, blue cheese or I, ranch. I'm blue this cheese is, over ranch though. For ranch wings. is the best. No, I lo- I like both of them. But here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll do. I'll get the buffalo wings, smoked buffalo wings. Have the blue cheese on the side, but then I'll get an order of fries with cheese and bacon on them, and I'll dip it in the ranch. Wait, that sounds amazing. It's but outstanding. One of the weird food joys in my life is when you're eating buffalo wings, and you dip it in the ranch, and the buffalo sauce gets in the ranch. Oh, it's great. And it's like a hybrid condiment. Yeah. It's elite. It's, out, it's outstanding. Elite. Ugh. And that's what's going to happen on Sunday. I can just tell you right now. In Westchester County, New York, where I'm from, we have the greatest wing place in the world, Candlelight. Unbelievable. Do you have a go-to wing place in the city where you live? Oh, absolutely. I'll get the wings from Mighty Quinn. I'll get the pizza from Ruby Rosa. And then I will graze on conference championship game Sunday. I will absolutely have the couple of pizza pies, you know, two dozen wings, and we're going to go for broke. And Pat it's going to be great. It and it's all mine. I'm not sharing it with my wife. Go home, Pat. <laughs> all mine. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.